Welcome back to another episode of the Shifting Podcast. I'm Ed Rudisell, and I am actually not in Japan this time. I am in southern Indiana, so staying home, but a couple hours away from the city. This is at the end of a long day with these guys. Checking out the guys from Rolling Fork. So I've got Jordan Morris, and I've got Turner Wathen from Rolling Fork. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been tasting through a lot of your barrels, and there are a lot of fucking barrels. So... I guess before we get too deep into everything, uh, maybe introduce yourself and you know what your role is here at Rolling Fork. So, uh, Turner, you want to you know, start us off? So, my name is Turner Wathen. I am the one of the two co-founders of Rolling Fork Spirits, which Jordan and I founded. We started fucking around together in 2012. God, it's so recent. It's crazy what you've accomplished. But it's funny. Um, we started. We were introduced together by our wives. And I was trying to run um, a six and nine gallon pot still out of my garage. Mm. And I had no engineering experience. And then Jordan's wife made us hang out. And then Jordan came over. And I saved like, his life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Turner was, you know, distilling on like a f- fucking wet floor. <laughs> right with just like wires hanging everywhere and i was oh, like that's safe yeah and so my wife's like what do you think of turner and i was like i think he has a death wish <laughs> you know it's fine like if that's what he's shopping for but like not my jam sure you know yeah um, a little risky a little risky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A little so, too risky yeah <laughs> so how did you guys end up as far as like sitting down and saying we hey we should like I mean, you're, right yeah. now. I mean, I, I guess yeah, yeah. we haven't got into what Rolling Fork's doing. People are um, people uh, are very curious, as like, yeah. why the fuck did we end up here, right? So are well, you how, editing I out guess, fuck? Why? Yeah, you can say Oof. fuck. Okay. Why? Like, how? Yeah. And what the hell you're doing? Because yeah, you kind of got right. like Man. seriously the coolest Rick houses I've been in as far as like product that's yeah, just yeah. sitting there, which is also equally insane. But I mean, when you started out, were you like, let's distill and then realize that was so, going to be a big jump or well all right so you're not filtering out fuck no man oh this is going to be a way better <laughs> yeah. podcast for everyone yeah yeah so um fuck is part of our vocabulary absolutely it's 40 words tops and fuck is <laughs> right, one of them we've like dedicated one one fortieth of our vocabulary to fuck but uh um this is after tasting 25 casks today. Yeah, yeah, yeah well honestly it doesn't change yeah, like right. the words in between change, but fuck, sure, never sure, change. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I will have to say, I've never seen anybody with a thief pull that as much booze out of a cask as you guys did today. <laughs> like, here's four ounces to taste. <laughs> That's know? what she said. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. No, so um, <clears throat> how did Turner and I get started? I mean, what was the initial like idea when you did get started? And I, mean, I, I think I mentioned this to you guys or? in the warehouse. You know, like we kind of drew out a map of like what do we love mm-hmm. and what is underrepresented in the United States. Right. And so at the time we started, like we had all these things we loved, and you know, bourbon whiskey, rye whiskey, like a lot of the American whiskeys, even Japanese. Like, they're fucking well-represented. Absolutely. So, like, they're... Especially we, over the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, it, like, there are a lot of great people doing great in indie mm-hmm. bottlings right. or, you know, brands doing a really good job representing mm-hmm. their portfolio. And so we're like, we have nothing to add. And the one we circled on our, like, kind of Venn diagram of, like, not mm-hmm. well-represented but, like, we love yeah. was rum. That's fantastic. And, I mean, that's really how Chris yeah. and I got into rum. Yeah. You know, it's exactly right. Like, nobody's doing it, and, and we love it. It was just situational. It's United States. Mm-hmm. Like, if we had been two dudes in Europe, we would have looked around and, like, well-represented and never, you know, gone down that path. But mm-hmm. we looked at what was being offered in the United States and what we thought was, like, the right level of offering for rum, and it was mismatched. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Jordan's glossing over some things. One, we didn't have distillery money. Sure. So eh. the two of us as a partnership could never have summed up the funds of $2.5 million or $2 million to start a distillery. Eh. So then you pick the sourcing route. And then that goes into Jordan's story. And at that point, yeah, we, we thought there were some aspects we just, that were yeah. overplayed. And we rolled our dice with rum. 
and we just didn't think at the time we started there was anyone doing this. Mm-hmm. We were buying well, from still Ma- very few people. Don't. Yeah, we were yeah. buying from Master of Mall. We were buying from a lot of kind of the European broker or you know retail sites, and just you're playing the import game. Sure, you're sure. playing the great market game, and you know at some point you get to the point at least where we were. We think we can bring in an entire barrel and bottle it ourselves mm-hmm. for you know the price of fifty bottles. Sure, and. You know, the answer is you can't, and that's a really fucking dumb idea. (laughs) Um, You know, and, like, you would be much happier in life if you just continued to pay master of malt Mm -hmm. prices and just were happy with it. We thought we could do better. And um, we thought also United States spirits drinkers love aged product. Sure. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. As somebody in the bar industry, it's always a hard sell. Like trying to sell somebody like a really badass, like niche product that's clear, you know, because there's always that like perception that it's going to be flavorless, like vodka, or that it's going to be hot on your tongue. Or the U.S. spirit drinker has been conditioned to expect a few things that is not true. And I think European drinkers are more informed, honestly, right? Like you run into, you know, high ester. Rum, clear rums, you run into aged rums. Even when you get into like amazingly aged Armagnac, Calvados, anything like that, the drinkers there are more informed. And in the US, we thought they just don't know what is possible. That's how we went down this path is like we love these things, we know they are possible, and on the shelf, you cannot buy this in the U.S. That's how we got into this, and it's really fucking dumb in hindsight. Oh, um, what you're doing is absolutely stupid, but it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. But it's amazing because you're doing, you know, the independent bottling version of what we do in our bars, which is like getting the coolest possible product. Yeah. I mean, and your product included, right, is that, you know, you're getting all these really cool uh, rums in bulk and, and putting them in these insane casts and really going down the deep in the rabbit holes as far as, like, what you get out of casts. You've been... Waxing poetic for hours about, you know, the differences between whiskey yeah. cast, which, um, you know, was really eye-opening. Not that I believe that they all tasted the same, but really, um, really Good. interesting, you know, to, to so taste are them you, all So are you admitting side. now for all time I've won the argument oh, on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. The you en- and five dudes on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know four <laughs> of them people. are random trolls, but <laughs> my argument is that not every whiskey cast you, is you, the same. You win the internet, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, all fucking, those Redditors out there yeah, yeah. now can turn Tell and, those motherfuckers on Reddit <laughs> that I won. So going like, back yeah. to... Going back to um, a more experienced or mature drinking audience. The concept of independent bottling is very actually well received in Europe and in outside markets. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's phenomenal because our, you know, our background in the name of the brand and in what we do is in American whiskey is independent bottling has been happening in American whiskey for an exorbitant amount of time and uh, whiskey producers have shared contracts Mm -hmm. or if someone had a surplus or a good year in the seventies, they would offset someone that's having a bad year. So there's always a trade in barter, Mm -hmm. so to speak system. It's just currently we look down upon that. I think it goes with what Jordan said. We're misinformed about that, right? Like they, they kind of, hide that fact because everybody expects that whatever's in the bottle was made by the people that grew the product, distilled the product, you know, and put it in the bottle. And yeah, that's as yeah. industry people that have gone deep down the rabbit hole, we know that's not always the case, like you just said. I well, think the most important part is to fully disclose where yeah, it came from. Right, right. Right. What you don't want is someone to pass off what they're bottling is what they made. Mm. And, you know, we've worked with some great partners that Absolutely, make everything, you know, they bottle everything they make. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important part is to fully in, fully disclose and be transparent about what you make and what you're bottling. And so we have always taken the tact of we will tell you to the degree we can exactly where it came from. Sure. Right. right. So 
Turner and I are not passing off that Barbados rum that is 19 years old came from Indiana. Mm-hmm. That that didn't happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we've done, what, Fiji, Guadalupe, Guyana. We've done a lot of old barrels, and we always tell exactly where it's distilled and where it's bottled. Um, and that, to us, is the most important part so that people, you know, consumers understand what the different styles are and where they came from. Well, for the three of us, we are passionate about spirits, but from a broad consumer space, there's a lot of misnomers and a, a broad base of misunderstanding about rum. And our, our quote-unquote calling card was if we're going to be independent bottlers, let's try as best as possible to be storytellers of other people's spirits. Mm. Because the best rum is not made in Kentucky. We can argue that the best rum or or the best bourbon or the best bourbon can be made in Kentucky. The best rye or bourbon can be made in Borden, Indiana. That's an option. But the best rum is not made here. So if we're going to bring it in, let's talk about who made it and their distillation experience of how they went through a production cycle to make it. And let's shed light so that people understand that rum as a multi-jurisdictional spirit is not a bastardized entity that is just mixed with sugar and flavors to make a daiquiri or I'm sorry, to make a pina colada. Let's, Mm -hmm. that's not what we want to accomplish. So when you guys started out and as independent bottlers, I mean, what kind of hurdles did you have to overcome? Because you've got these grandiose ideas. I'll tell the story. It's great. You know, that's, that's a rough, because like, as you started to look into like importing booze, mm-hmm. which is one of the most highly regulated products we can bring into the United States. So there's lots of regulations, lots of permits you got to apply for. You know, how does that f- flesh out for a couple of guys that um, so, are just... So, but, hold on. Go ahead. I'm going to give a precursor and then Turner's going to tell the okay. story. Right? Like, it doesn't turn out well. <laughs> right? Um there's a lot of rough and tumble up and down in this, um, and I'll let Turner, you know, share the full story. But like, let's just say it's rough for two random fucking dudes tr- just trying to bring in pure rum for people that care. So our contract, our contact tree started around 2013, 2014 when we started making calls, and you know. Being that we want to create something synonymous with American whiskey, which is a single distillation year, a single distillation method, production style. So that's what we want. We want you to give us a single origin, single production year, single distillation method, so that it's that base product that is aged however you aged it with no additives. Mm -hmm. And for the first two years, it was like, we got you. But what we have is a multi-jurisdictional blend with a little bit of sugar, and it's going to taste like El Dorado. And we're like, we don't want that. We never, that wasn't how we started. That was a two-year battle. Finally, we started making headway to the point that we bought 22 barrels out of El Salvador. And then we paid the deposit, and then the dude disappeared for four months because he went on on carnival or on he went on vacation he disappeared he turned back around he's like you know what i won't require the second half of your deposit if you two gringos can get a van and come pick it up and we're like the amount of money in in backdoor like back pause pause if you see me and turner we're not the two dudes that we're make it to El Salvador <laughs> and pick up. Not the guy who's going to be driving no. all the way. We're, through, we're not like, going to make it. Cartel-controlled you know. territory no. on the way down um, through Central yeah. America. No. Well, no. We're we're not <laughs> no. going to make it. We will never you know. come home. <laughs> no, no. And our wives were very convinced we wouldn't come home either. Mm-hmm. Which they're much smarter than us, right? So. Um, so did the, the the barrels ever actually make it? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. just paid more, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We right. also got offers like randomly. I mean, you know, it's not great, but during all of the political turmoil in Venezuela, sure. people were like, "Hey, if you show up and pay this amount in U.S. dollars, you can have this amount." And I was like, 
yeah, that's still in Venezuela. And mm-hmm. like, I am not an right. export professional. You know, I know how to import and export. And, and that's but, what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like a, a big step to take if you're like, we want to be independent bottlers. I mean, yeah, when yeah. you're talking about rum, that's made in a lot of different places. Yeah. And none of them are close to, you know, where we are here, which is very close to Louisville and Kentucky. I mean, yeah. we're still in Indiana, but, you know, it's... And, and you so guys, you can you can you know so you can pay for um, an alcohol analysis test, mm-hmm. which is extensive, or you can just do it the poor man's way, which is just using a hydrometer mm-hmm. and just making sure that the proof matches what is on the manufacturer statement, which kind of so to speak verifies the percent of alcohol in the actual. Uh, bulk spirits or single barrel spirits that you acquire um, and you you ask for a manufacturer statement but there is also a little bit of a roll of the dice like you are you're just you, know, you don't know what you're getting you don't know yeah mm-hmm. and I mean, so now you're like what eight years in here yeah. at Rolling Fork yeah, yeah. and I mean like I said I know you just keep going We've back got, to like walking through these rick houses yeah, yeah, for the last yeah. couple hours well several more than couple but uh, regardless like there is like a veritable treasure trove. So of, I'll, I'll flip of it examples. to Jordan. I'll flip it to Jordan. But we carry over ten countries of jurisdiction. Uh, we carry Barbados, El Salvador, um, Guyana, Fiji. So it's gotten Jamaica. a little bit easier than having to drive down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And we cover an age range of unaged all the way up to eighteen years aged in house. The oldest that we've ever bottled is twenty three years. But yeah, so finally. My my question is like, what did you think when you walked in? You know, uh, I think when we first arrived, I wasn't really. Um, you you thought we were a bunch of ass hats in the middle. No, of I didn't yeah. expect. Well, I mean, it is definitely we're out in the middle. You know, yeah, I, mean, I'm, I in live in downtown Indy, right? Yeah. And so this is definitely out there. And um, you know, but like honestly, you seeing, but I was expecting the... it to be a much smaller operation, and I certainly didn't expect you guys to have the the stock. That yeah, you have because yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's some stuff sitting in barrels in your rickhouse. Honestly, of guys that are famously are very picky about who ends up with their. This is what I love. You know like, what I mean? And so, like the fact, that, and I know that some of these companies, a lot of these companies, won't sell bulk anyhow. Yeah. So you'll have to get them through a, another uh, yeah. buyer, such as a Ian A. Shear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and that makes it a little bit easier. But what you guys are doing is a very different. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. So, like, typically, and we've had, you know, E&A Shear bottlers on the show before where, you, you know, they, they formulate yeah. what they want, mm-hmm. they get it, they ship it over, and they put it in a bottle, and they get it to market. And you guys are insane because you're We're just idiots. sitting on it. You're yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah, on yeah, the yeah. inventory. Yeah. You're, you're, you're putting it, you're recasking it we- into something different, something that wasn't necessarily originally intended, and then letting it sit for up mm. to, I don't know, what's the oldest thing that you guys had today? Five years, six it's years five, that we've had yeah, sitting here? Yeah, five, six years. On top of what has already yeah, been yeah. sitting. So uh, um. explain that to me, because that is definitely not a smart way to do business, but it is an admirable way to do business, because you're putting something onto the market right. that mm. is absolutely not available. Okay. Like, it's, it's unique. No one else has anything like it for the reasons that we already went through. You know, we've... It's it's much easier to just throw it in a bottle, sell it, yeah. pay your bills, yeah. and be all, be done with all right. it. So let's let's unpack that. Thank <laughs> let's you. Unpack that. Yeah. Thank you for that statement. <laughs> um, I'm going to unpack that last minute or so, and I appreciate that because that's that's always been what we've wanted, right? Someone to appreciate what we're doing because, like, could we buy something immediately, ship it over, and bottle it? Sure. Um, where we've gotten to is the fact that, like, if you were just shipping it to us and we were bottling it, what the fuck is the difference between us and the original right. manufacturer? Right, right. You know, right. or or any other independent bottler, or, you know, blender mm-hmm. or whatever. And a lot of the quote-unquote blenders are just, they're getting a blend in a tote, throwing it in a bottle. That's great. That's good, but, you know, we're in the United States where you're in the hotbed of whiskey. Right. We That's be, an understatement around here. We would be idiots <laughs> to not take advantage of that. Sure. You know, we have had some of the people that are predominant in the industry show up and try our stuff and be like, why does this taste different? Mm. And we're like, well, we use different casks. You know, and so 
our big thing is we want to offer something different. We're not here to offer you the exact same thing under a different label. Um, whether it is, you know, we have access to a lot of barrels. Mm -hmm. Whether it is, you know, used double oak barrels or a long-aged weeded bourbon cask, which you had a lot of today, or, you know, amazing, like, Kentucky, like, a lot of people don't understand Kentucky rye whiskey versus, you know, Indiana rye whiskey is a very different thing. Kentucky rye whiskey, corn in the mash bill, Indiana rye whiskey, <laughs> traditionally not. You know, um, a lot of people don't understand that char four in an American oak cask is very different depending on the producer. So wild turkey, char four is very different than brown foreman char four. And honestly, like when you get into producers of whiskey, the barrels they're using are very different. They're all American oak, but they're from different regions. Sure, absolutely. You know, and so um, what we tried to do is spread that out and give people different options in a whiskey range for each rum, mm. right? So if you have Brown Foreman style or Buffalo Trace style or Wild Turkey or Four Roses, we have taken the rums that we love and put those in different barrels, right? And some people would say it all tastes the same. I mean, you taste it through. Completely disagree of, with that. Yeah, after. you've I mean, tasted always, through, especially after. Yeah, yeah. you've you tasted through a lot of, of it today. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we, what we tasted yeah. through like five rums that were all the same producer. They were recast it's, the yeah. same day, yeah. and but, they had been in there for the same amount of time, and just five different kinds of, of barrels. And yeah, yeah, I mean, night they're and all day. different. Well, yeah. that 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 does speak to our our partnership in working with the Starlight Distillery yep. and Huber Winery, right? Because which we should absolutely give a shout out to Huber Winery here, where we're sitting in yep. the office. But um, you do have a partnership here where you're sharing Rick Houses, you're sharing yeah. space with their sharing barrels. Oh, it's honestly, a, it's right? A, it's a yeah. similar kinship yeah. because you we've worked with four other Kentucky producers, and no one's no one's no one's encompassed or matched the same vision yeah. where I would say they surpass our vision because what they are doing with different wine cask finishing is phenomenal. And we're able to, to impart and imply our same you know, desire and purpose to, to take a pure base rum distillate and try to just make small alterations. Right. Some yeah. can be good, some can be bad. Luckily for us, we've made better successes than failures. But it's all a big learning yeah. curve, and it's been a great partnership that's allowed us to sustain our our vision. And yeah, when you were telling me there's this cyclical nature about the barrels kind of going yeah. back and forth, can you kind of explain how that operates well, between the two companies? Let me, just in general, right? So you, like... American whiskey, American bourbon or American rye, mm -hmm. you have to go into a new barrel. Right. Right. So regardless of the cooperage, regardless of anything, you're going into a new barrel. You use that barrel, let's say it's a double oak finished project, you're using it for six months to a year, maybe a year and a half. But traditionally, bourbon or rye, you're using it for four to six years. Right. Right. Kind of on average, sure. I would say four sure. to six years. And so you've got a lot of cooperages. You know, we, we tasted through some of them today, right? But then you're done with that barrel, and you cannot use it again right, for bourbon. bourbon or American rye mm, as well, mm -hmm. right? Canadian rye, you can, but sure. American rye whiskey, you can't use that barrel again. And American single malt is kind of in that gray area, right? right? But American single malt is kind of honestly using a lot of new oak as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after you finish with that new oak, you have this barrel that's been used once, and if you look at scotch or rum or a lot of other spirits, they're using that barrel after that first run. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of life left in that barrel. So we're importing rum, and we're at a distillery that has amazing, like very high-quality cooperage barrels coming out, mm -hmm. but we're, we're also in the area where, like, <laughs> Throw a rock in right. any direction. You can find some guys like, hey, do you want XYZ barrel? Like, you guys had some 1999 wild turkey yeah. barrel, yeah. you know, rum today. So what we do is we're like any amazing barrel, any amazing whiskey that's come out, we're like, hell yeah, we'll take it. 
you know, and we try to match a rum to it. Right. And we're using, we're getting that second life. But then once we're done with it, like, then it becomes actually a kind of a valuable prospect in that, like, a lot of rum or a lot of whiskey producers are like, hey, can we get that barrel back and do finish a whiskey in it? And so now instead of doing a four to six year barrel and then flat mm -hmm. packing it, shipping it to Scotland or shipping it to the Caribbean, we have gotten an extra two to three years out of it. Yeah. And well, and the reason that we landed would, in Indiana yeah. is because uh, the the twins, uh, or not the twins, but um, Christian and Blake, the brothers, they were the first ones to ask Jordan for are, are rum casks available. Yeah. We've been in Kentucky for four plus years. No one inquired about yeah. our rums for finishing. Yeah. And it's just interesting that these this this group from across the river was you know so inquisitive about what we were doing that it it led to a partnership. And so we went to our biggest two retailers at the time. We were like, you know, do you like we're thinking we might move to Indiana. Is that gonna hurt our brand? And they're like you sell rum, why do we care? Yeah. yeah. But the other thing is just the reuse of that oak. You know, if you look at Scotland and you look at what they've done with American oak, 20 years. Yeah, right. 25. So you know, we're talking yeah. like a lot of reuse. Yeah. And particularly, you know, uh, speak a little bit about, because we, we spoke about, you know, and it's obviously it's, it's a big conversation in the rum industry, continental aging versus tropical aging. Yeah. And um, so really what that means is, you know, Caribbean aging versus European aging. But we're in a very, very different area here. Um, like this I said, is... geographically, for those of you like listening, we're just north of Kentucky, right across the river. Like yeah. you could literally go to Kentucky in like what, 15 minutes yeah. probably yeah. from here. Yeah. So, um, so, but that's a very different kind of climate that we have here in Indiana where it gets quite cold in the winter, quite hot in the summer, and then we've got, you know, beautiful yep. spring and yep, autumn yep, for yep. about two weeks, you know? But, you know, I mean, that's a very different effect that what, it has on the yeah. product. So when people ask to come and visit, I tell them, you've got three weeks in the spring, yeah. three weeks in the fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, one. you don't want to be here in, like, summer or winter. Um, they'd show up. You guys showed up in kind of <laughs> We did show up in the winter. And shit was cold, right? It was a bit chilly, yeah. 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 So, um... And I've done the like the temperature comparison. We swing wilder than anything. Mm. We I mean, what, achieve, what are those swings? So we achieve tropical temperatures in the summer, right? But we're shorter seasons. So we're two to three months, but you know, the top of our rick house is 120 to 130 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, when you're climbing up to the top in the summer and you're in the alcohol vapor, you get trunk. Wow. You know, you climb down and you're like, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, not that is not recommended. And in the winter, the crazy thing that happens in the winter is last year, it's probably the coldest year I've seen in a while. We hit minus 10 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the rickhouse. And so, um, any chemistry nerds, they can remember PV equals NRT. So yeah, I'm not times, a chemistry nerd. That knows pressure what times that volume equals the molecular number um, okay, okay, times okay. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, that's not us. Something something T. Yeah, do temperature. Let me tell you, it's been a while for me. But uh, basically, what it means is that um, in the summer, when your temperature's high, mm -hmm. your pressure is going to be high. Right. Which is why when you walk through a rickhouse, you'll see just bung. Bungs, you know. Yeah. Let's all laugh about that. Bungs blown out of the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but what'll happen <laughs> does is, it you seriously know, blow the bungs out of the... Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does. yeah. Especially shit. at the top. Yeah, that sounds... So you'll be walking through a house and be like, gee, why is this on the floor? And, like, what it is is, especially at the very highest level, mm -hmm. and it's so hot, especially if you have a black roof on your warehouse, sure. right? You just get so much heat in there. You're 120, 130. And alcohol vapor... Alcohol loves heat, mm. right? So it vaporizes very quickly, and so you'll get high pressure. Just blow it right out. Um, in the winter, when it gets super cold, you will go negative pressure from ambient. And so kind of the reverse, you're the bung. Again, let's laugh mm -hmm. about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 bung <laughs> hole. Bung, bung hole. It will go vacuum, and it will just pull it in. Really? So it just, like, sucks all that yes. Can you yeah. even open yeah, yeah. one of those things in the winter? It yeah. is extremely hard. So really? you have to whack the shit out of it with a hammer. Um, it's disastrous for, like, fortified wines. 
So like a sherry cask, a Pinot de Charente, a um, Sauternes. What else have we done that's port? So what happens in those, like, especially cold months around here is you get the massive draw, negative vacuum, sure. and you will pull sulfur. Because they use sulfur to clean up barrels right. between, like, fortified yeah. wines. And um, you will not encounter that in the tropics. You will not encounter that continental. You will encounter that in somewhere like here where you get both. Right. Right. It's that massive temperature swing. It will fuck with your aging cycle. But in general, tropically aged rum is all heat, so it's all expansion. Yeah. Right. So there's very little retraction. And the the reverse in continentally or continentally aged rum is it's all contraction, very little expansion. And so what we hope to be able to provide to rum is we can provide both seasons. So you do get expansion and retraction. And when you're putting rum into your freshly dumped or second-use bourbon barrels, those vanillins can be pulled out. Yeah. Or if you have a spicier rye, you know, once you're into the um, retraction phase in the cold winter months, it can pull a little bit of that out and impart some microscopic flavors to the overall base right. product. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, the heat, and there's this misconception that, like, oh, if you want to age something really quickly, you want it to be yeah. hot, but really you want the, the, the wood kind of breathing in and out yeah. that, that, yeah. that liquid. And so you're really, I mean, does that speed up the process of aging since you're constantly sucking in and out of the wood? I wouldn't say speed it up. It's just different. Right, right, right. Right. Um, and you're definitely getting a lot out of those barrels. You know, uh, I, one yeah. that's like off the top of my head, because I've got a sweet tooth, is, you know, we talked about some of the Weller barrel finishes that had these really fucking cool, like, baking spices, yeah. cinnamony, persimmon pudding, like, notes coming out of it. And then we tasted one right next to it, same juice, same entrance time, yada, yada. And it was like night and day. It was much more whiskey-like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just, it's got to be a product of, of the those those temperature well, shifts. There's a lot of things going into a whiskey barrel, right? They're all American oak, but they're all harvested from different regions. Right. So that's one is like, I don't know, is it West Virginia? Is it Tennessee? Is mm -hmm. it Missouri? Is it God knows where? Um, and every distillery is different. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the question is, how are they charring it? How are they toasting it? Right. right? Which we've discussed. Like, everyone's char for is different. Mm -hmm. Wild turkey's char for is some dude with a flamethrower, <laughs> you know, God knows how long. And they call that alligator char. And then you get to, you know, Woodford Reserve char for, and it's like a very meticulous man in a lab coat, you know, and it's precisely, you know, 35 seconds or something like that. So... You've got that going on. You've got the region where the oak was harvested going on, which differs between coopers, right? And then you've got how they put it together. Y you encounter ISC versus Kelvin versus Zach Cooperage versus Canton Cooperage versus Segu Monroe. They all put those barrels together differently. Mm. And so... And I would say today that was like one of the most educational yeah. parts of like hanging out with you guys today is because in this process... Becoming independent bottlers, you've really become experts on the cooperages of the world the and the yeah, barrels yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we talked obviously a lot about the distillate um, that's coming in and where it's coming from and how long it had been aged. But like the most interesting parts was kind of that, you well, know, salt and pepper and ketchup and mustard that you guys are putting in with that with the fucking we're, barrels. We're still learning. So yep. a, a traditional um, used American oak cask that is just a second bill cask that housed a weeded whiskey or a bourbon, so to speak, is one type of finishing cask. Mm. And then we've used toasted barrels, which the first six to nine months is very menthol-y. Yeah. And what we've learned about those is those, we need a two-year yeah. cycle to really get that buttery, robust mm. middle that it can provide. On the vice versa, what we're learning with um, wine finishes is those can't run a full year and we are very key yeah. on finishing for no uh, for a minimum of 12 months or more and 
we've had bad, we not bad, but we've had wine finishes that were phenomenal at, at month nine. And then we bottled them at month 12 and they were just slightly tannic. Mm. And so it's like, oh, we need to ride out this bourbon finish for three more months, sure. then drop it into, but that's all part of our learning curve. And we, right. So you had some of our stuff. I mean, it had been in there a week. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, Different that's barrels. Exactly what I was just yeah, thinking yeah. about. Right, you yeah. were talking about the like, and I kind of told extraction you extraction like, that you get yeah. at the one week mark and how it's some funny. Things... Like that first week, <clears throat> yeah, what it te- like that sample tells you about the barrels exactly what the barrels about. Explain that. Right. So, like, what the barrels about? So you you put in some rum. You into put a some barrel. rum into. Like, honestly, you put any booze sure. into, let's say, a sherry barrel. Mm-hmm. That first week, you know exactly what that sherry barrel flavor is. Mm. It's going to balance out, you know, after... So does that freak you out And after you taste it oh, the first yeah, yeah, week? Yeah. And you're like, this tastes yeah. like sherry, the first, we fucked it up. The first Terrifying. week to the first month, you're just like, well, I fucked this up completely. Sure. Right. Um, but, like, that that finishing, there is that kind of, like, sanity check phase where you're like, ah, I screwed it up. Mm-hmm. The thing we've learned is wait, right? Um, so when you say you learned that... That is oh. not something you knew initially, so no, you were just like, no, oh, no. shit, we screwed this up. No one knows. Well, might as well leave no, it in no, there no. now and see what happens. Well, we did, you yeah. know, we, we so we did the Amberana <laughs> Odyssey. Sure. Right, we've done some port casks, some Sauternes cask, um, but Amberana Odyssey in particular, we did a month. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, at a month, it tasted absolutely more insane cinnamon mm. than it does at, you know, six months or mm. a year. Um, and it's it, interesting that it happens so quickly. It, it it's this like really rapid integration, and then balancing. Mm-hmm. You and know? you were mentioning that there's certain things that you just absolutely cannot allow to like go through yeah. a cold season because it's of that the attraction. It's the fortified wines, really. Well, anything where they've done kind of a sulfur, right? So which we talked sulfur about. sanitation. Yeah, right. You know, um, so, so you're going to encounter that in port sherry, pinot de Charente. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, name any other fortified wine, you're probably going to encounter that. Could you get lucky and make a, uh, you know, like maybe they never used sulfur to sanitize the barrel? Sure. But statistically, you're not going to get that lucky. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to other people. They're like, oh, yeah, I tried XYZ. I'm not going to name names. But like, I tried XYZ's port, and all I tasted was sulfur. I was like, yeah, they let it go. You know, like you can't do that in that climate. And it gets really cold, and it has a massive extraction cycle. And, yeah, you're going to get sulfur out of that barrel because that's what they use to sanitize it. So I think by this point, anybody listening realizes why I said you guys are completely insane because the it's like this constant experimentation, right? Like you're never going to get to a point where, like, here's the system, here's what works because every every barrel that every comes barrel in is different. Every a little different, yeah. Right. We, we will never create Woodford Reserve. We will never never create a synonymous singular profile style of product which which I respect Dude, a lot of We're going to create Woodford Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> like book it. Mark it yeah, now. Yeah, mark it down. Everyone just keep buying our shit <laughs> right, expecting yeah. Woodford Reserve. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. And just know that it's a stepping stone on the way. <laughs> and then yeah. when they go to sue us because it's not Woodford Reserve, <laughs> right. we're out of business. We got you, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, speaking of being out of business, you're sitting on a ton of expensive product. We are. And so yeah, yeah. that's why I keep joking we're around idiots. Like, this is not yeah. the smart way to do business no. because no. you have a ton of inventory. <clears throat> And you just literally have to wait until you decide that it's good enough to bottle. Us because, or yeah. the budget. Or the budget. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you did you did mention that you're like you either have money in the account yeah. uh, or barrels in the rickhouse. Yeah. But you don't ever have both. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of our running joke, and it's still true, right, Turner? <laughs> well, like, the, we got my, one or the other. <laughs> my my favorite story was this was a time years ago when Jordan was living in um, in Washington. And somehow samples were either would get either sent to me or to Jordan, but we got two ba- barrels that the of 98 Guadalupe, 98 Guadalupe <laughs> yeah, that were boy. molasses based yeah. distilled, which is traditionally now it's Bellevue, Bellevue, yeah. which okay. is now oh. an agricultural yeah, cane so style good. juice. And so Jordan got the samples. I bought it, and he was like, "We're buying these." 
And I wasn't even paying attention <laughs> yeah. until I got a bill. I was like, we can't afford this. He's like, yeah, and you're not going to try it until we get it, yeah. but we are going to buy these. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but how? He's like, let's not worry about that. Let's just, just <laughs> let's not worry about the invoices. Yeah. Just, just send those guys money. We yeah. sent them money, hopes, and dreams, right? <laughs> and they sent us barrels. So it was all good. Yeah, Jordan has bought yeah. multiple barrels. Yeah. Not that I need to be quality control, but generally, like, it's just like, <laughs> hey. So let me get my track record on shit <laughs> yeah, I right, bought. Right. Site. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Let's so hear it. Let's uh, hear it. 98 Bellevue, yeah. which I'm like, you know, I'll stand by that one. Um, 98 Foursquare. Yep. 99 Foursquare. Yeah. 2001 Foursquare. Yep. Um, 2008 Trinidad 10 came, which you tried today. Yeah. I stand by Fucking that delicious. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2003 Guyana Port Morant, which I think you've had Absolutely that one. Absolutely tried that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I, I stand by these selections. Are they smart for the American market? Absolutely not. <laughs> right? Uh, will we ever make money on them? No. But uh, am I happy with those picks? Right. I, I stand by them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm getting the vibe here that one of you is the uh, <laughs> trying to control the yeah, yeah. purchasing power of the other. Oh, there's no, there's no purchasing control. <laughs> oh, there control. goes the microphone. There's, uh, no, there's so, no purchasing control. There's just, no. there's I just think, dreams. I think Nate Bargatze, right? Yeah, he, yeah, listen, yeah, the comedian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, said, he, had, a, he had a saying. He's like, um, every couple has a dreamer and one who crushes dreams, <laughs> right? I think... Head nods over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Turner, so, like, yeah, we know what the dream crusher is. So as you're what, you're approaching ten years into doing this, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, all yeah, in between there. the very Fortunately very and unfortunately. No, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. But you're um haven't have yet to distill your own product, is that right? Or it's in the works. And where we where we at here? Yeah. I mean, so we're, is that we're the, working. Yes. working on it. So is yes that the plan? No. Is so, that the plan for the future, so, or are you going to still continue to do both? Oh. I'm pretty sure we just did the longest fermentation run in the United States of America. Uh, oh, I like uh, that. Uh, uh. And we're still talking rum, right? We're yeah. still oh, yeah. going to be sticking yeah, yeah, yeah. with, yeah, because you're the rum well, guys. Well, you know, we are pure molasses. So full disclosure, we have done our own, you know, distillation. Would we sell it as white? No. Right, right, you right. Know, like, Not there yet, huh? We kind of want to creep up on people, and sure. at 10 years, we want people to be like, what the fuck happened? Awesome. Right? Because um, we don't have enough. Sure. You know, we do it sporadically, and we mm -hmm. do it, you know, the people we're working with, we told them. You're not going to become care. Woodford Reserve like that, buddy. I know. No. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, you I, a business I, would, I would say this is a good quote, you know, much like our, like, we're going out of fucking business the stylish way, right? This is kind of in that vein. Um, I told them I don't give a fuck about profitability. All I give a fuck about is flavor. If we were not importing from Barbados and Jamaica and Guyana and Fiji, could we afford to distill rum the way we're distilling it in the U.S.? Absolutely not. It's just, it's not feasible. Yeah, and you talked about this very long fermentation that you just yep. did, which was, what, 20, 29 days? 29 days, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's, um, that's tough to recoup the yeah. cost and the time. Yeah. Just well, the time cost alone, it, yeah. it, you wouldn't be able to like really maintain well, that. Well, if you were to do something by an Not with Excel sheet that, yeah. that viewed profitability, one, I don't think anyone that can manage something by an Excel sheet can make an attractive product mm -hmm. because they're viewing something through a certain type yeah. of poorly disguised lens, whereas we are approaching something to honor and value the other traditional rum producers right. that have been doing yeah. this for 250 plus years before right. us right. that we want to share the same ilk with. We don't, yeah. we don't deserve the same platform. We respect their process and we want to see if we cannot screw that up. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I got from tasting through all the product. It was very reverent of, of all the producers and what they were doing. There wasn't any uh, kind of hard left turns in any of these, like, oh, well, yeah. we, we took this and we decided to see, what if we can make this like taste like cachaça? And then like we decided to make know? vodka with right. sugar yeah. and right. throw it in a barrel. Yeah. Right, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, like the additive levels, right? Like, I mean, we're not getting that with you no. often see with the independent bottlers. Uh, really, uh, which 
you know, by not adding sugar and adulterants to make it this other product, I'm sure contributes to your relationship with these other, you know, distillers maybe. around the world because people don't like maybe. their shit touched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's funny because a lot of rum producers are very, they're like, well, they're very high and mighty. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's great, but this is the U.S., right? And like, no We are a, trashy here. Well, no, but my thing is like, let me assure you, no one gives a fuck about us. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, I am trying to get like this finger hold mm-hmm. to get capture drinkers' attention. Sure. Right? And like, I would love, you know, some of the producers that supply us were like, I would love to tell where this came from so that they can go and look you up. And that they can do some research. And, you know, some of those producers are like, absolutely not. I'm like, buddy, this is the U.S. No one gives a fuck about you to begin with. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to, like, just being burned by other people that just don't have the same kind of moral or ethics that you guys obviously distribute. Uh. Because, you know, it's like you think of, you know, you've talked about buying all these Foursquares over the year. And, like, I think over the last decade we've definitely – Got Foursquare has developed a reputation that is like untouchable for Barbadian rum and, and rum in general as kind of this untouchable, really beautiful, yeah. uh, well made product. And yeah, if you dumped a bunch of shit into it and yeah, like yeah, called yeah, it, you yeah. know, rolling yeah. fork or whatever, yeah, he'd get pissed. But I mean, like, what you guys are doing is absolutely <laughs> honorable to. That would be a great way to get headlines, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just, like, dump a bunch of shit. Just dunch a bunch of, like, make it into Captain Morgan. I think all of us would love to create a passion that is profitable. And that's admirable. What I can say is that if we were to rest our head at night on profitability, we'd be out of business. We'd sleep on nothing. But if we can rest our head at night to value our small little micro space in this i i view spirits as an ecosystem or as an ocean and we are bottom feeders we're fine with that but we can all survive in this ecosystem that is out there to give consumers a better perspective that rum is not something that you just drank in high school yeah. Or go and get heard that stone. I'm sure you guys have heard that oh, yeah. so many times too, right? Like, oh man, like, oh, I tried Captain yeah. Morgan's. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had and a I, bad night drinking rum. It's like, yeah, I've had very large conglomerates, you know, come to us and be like, well, you know, you can scale quickly X Y Z, and I'm like, no, yeah, we right. can't. No interest. There is there is so much volume, high quality, mm-hmm. and like that's our brand. We don't do additives. We don't do flavoring. We don't do coloring. And, you know, once we tap that out, we tap that out for the year. And, like, I think the people that care, they're happy. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we drove, you know, a couple hours. I mean, obviously, that's not a huge journey to come down. But, I mean, I could definitely see, you know, people making this kind of journey, especially, like, rum nerds are fucking rum nerds. I mean, we're down here with a couple of other rum nerds. I mean, I, you know, I know I see we're running short on time, and I know you guys got a lot of things to do tonight. But we've talked about how small, you know, rolling. We've just got to fight bears and wrestle women. Yes, so, well, yeah. we are down yeah. in the country. Yeah. But yeah. you know, where can people find this, right? Because it's you're not in every market. This is definitely sure. not one sure. of these sure. things sure. that you can just. Yeah. Yeah, is it? Fair. Are there any like online retailers where people can yeah. buy it or go what to go to the Inferno Room? <laughs> yeah, I like in that. <laughs> yeah. I can dig on that. Yeah. yeah. No. That so is their international seller is the Inferno Room. <laughs> we are, yes. We're in 18 states. Um, really? 18? Already? Uh-huh. Okay, that's yeah. a lot bigger than I thought it was. So obviously uh, our home base is is in Indiana. So you can find us in Indiana. You can find us in Kentucky. We are in the Midwest of um, Missouri and Kansas. But then you know, we're in coastal spots. Check our, our biggest outside resource is Sealbox. Okay, yeah, and that's huge. Sealbox.com. Yeah. We got to plug that. Yeah, they've been great to us throughout the years. Um, so there you Close go. Close proximity Hattiesburg, and easy to Mississippi. Make oh, to yeah. Link- well, oh, you got to go with Jamie Ferris at uh, Lincoln Road, right? Like, so do you know? J- Not personally. No, dude, no, no. But he's a fucking legend. Yeah, right? right. Like, what I love about Jamie is you send him something, you don't tell him anything about it. He's like, I'll take it. Yeah, you got. <laughs> he, he doesn't even. You're like, okay, this is a. You know, we sent him a 22 year Guadalupe Bellevue 98. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll take it. 
Yeah. Didn't know the price. Didn't know what it was. I could have. I could have told him it was a fucking Armagnac or something. Mm-hmm. But like he tasted it, and was like, "This is great. I will take it." So there's a lot of cool things going on. Like, and obviously we were privy to a lot of things that aren't public yeah. quite yet. Yeah. Is there a website where people can kind of see what Rolling Force got going on and get pointed in the right direction? The the best, honestly, the best, just by way of how the U.S. audience works. Follow our Instagram, yeah. Rolling Fork Rum. We make a lot of posts about things that are upcoming. Obviously, you could check us out at rollingforkrum.com. But we also make posts about me just crying for being in this business. So it's like really <laughs> yeah. a mix, right? It's like right. we're optimistic. Well, you you but mean we're your also social media sad. manager is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> our social media manager is like, why are you so sad all the time? I was like, if you ran this business, you'd understand. Right. You didn't yeah. tell me that you would like. Yeah. We're laying awake at like 4 a.m. Yeah. yesterday worrying about uh, some 5 a.m. It was 5 a.m. where I was like, oh, fuck. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's... Got some shit to pay. Dude, yeah. this has been an amazing trip. I'm so glad that I made it down here. And anybody out there listening, definitely like swing by if you're anywhere near uh, Starlight, Indiana, um, Huber Winery. It, they're sharing a spot here. And it's it's absolutely amazing. There's some very cool stuff. And, and Jordan Turner, this was super fun, man. Like, you we, definitely haven't seen The Last of Us, that's we, for sure. We also got to point out, how many drinks do we have? Oh, this? I didn't count. But, like, lot, but I, yeah. like I said in the beginning, like you with a wine thief for yeah, pulling all that, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd never seen anybody put like four ounces of fucking spirit yeah. into a glass so, and call that a sample. We, we covered over 19 <laughs> barrels. Did we cover oh, 19 more, barrels? More than that. Dude. Easy. Yeah, because I went down one row. Yeah, and just had every <laughs> well, bottle. Yeah, so yeah. that was like twenty barrels. Yeah. Well, um, so I've been drinking water since we sat down yeah, here yeah, because yeah, I need yeah. to drive two hours back yeah. to right. the city. You know? So if anyone's like these motherfuckers sound drunk, <laughs> right? We are. I did say whoopsies. Nowhere yeah. near yeah. as drunk as Beach Bum and I got, but which actually that's is a, coming another up. great yeah. story. And, and another, I, I have told a, another people, episode coming up. So, so I have. People were sure I'm like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I expected. And I was like, yeah, man, I had to tone it back. <laughs> I had a guy blackout and just like face down in the parking lot. Oh my and God. that's when I was like, you know. Yeah, you did say we got the like the brief, yeah, the yeah, brief I gotta, tasting, I gotta the scale highlights. this back a bit, you know, like because um, everyone loves rum. Yeah. And so you show Next up Next time here. I'm spending the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why that's also why I asked people like, "Okay, so cool, who's your who's your driver?" Um, and uh, yeah, who who here doesn't drink and, you know, where are you staying? Yeah, if yeah, you right. find a way to court us to have a little tour here, just just Oof. expect yeah, yeah. 4 plus hours and we are going through yeah. way yeah, more yeah. than you could ever four. anticipate. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, we're definitely going to point people towards your direction, yeah, and thank you so much. Yeah. This is, like, seriously some of the most fun. It was like Disneyland for rum lovers. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. any rum geeks out there, please hunt down Rolling Ford. This shit, and I'm not saying this because they're, you know, they're locals. Like, seriously, yeah. this was, like, some of the sexiest barrels I've tasted through ever. And so, go to the yeah. Inferno Room. And go to my bar. Yeah. That's right. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, we'll see you next time. All, All right. right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.